Hey, Augmenters! Get your Pokeball ready as we talk evolutions with the incredible dynamo, Betsy Four, founder, CEO, multiple times over, including most recently food company, Tiny Organics, with organic, ready-to-eat meals for babies and toddlers. Betsy shares her energy, enthusiasm, and determination on her mentoring journey and inspires us to F the fear and put our hearts into everything we do. In the spirit of our eighth principle of evolution, here we go. First of all, welcome to Augmenters and welcome to our podcast. And Betsy, I had such a phenomenal time having that conversation with you the other day and a chance to hear more about your incredible business and your incredible journey, all the places you've been, all the things that you've done. So inspiring. I know you probably inspire a ton of entrepreneurs of all kinds and certainly, of course, uh, female entrepreneurs as well with your uh, incredible journey. So as we kick off, we would just love to hear a little bit more about you. And of course, as we know that, uh, as you know, our goal is to really talk about mentoring, create a rising tide for mentoring. We'd love to hear a little bit about your mentors. Amazing. Thank you, Julie. I'm so excited to be here. Um, and to you, Jimmy, yeah, um, creating this awesome platform uh, for folks to come around. And, you know, we, we had such an amazing conversation, Julie, like to total, like same energy, just buzzing, right? <laughs> Back and forth across the, the table at dinner. Um, I think we scared oh. everybody at the table. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I failed to stop talking. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, we kind of need to like let other people, yeah, jump in now too. Because we, we, it was just like, yeah, back and forth. And, um, but no, so, so such incredible energy and, and so thrilled to be here with you. Um, yeah, so in terms of my background, um, I can go way, way back. Should we start there in the very beginning? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I grew up in a food desert in the middle of the Midwest. Um, my first words were McDonald's Coke fry, literally. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, um, and I and I was in the countryside in the last generation to really grow up without internet until the age of about 10 or 11 years old. So um, yeah, I got to build forts in the ravine and, you know, that, 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 and I always built my own toys and that later translated to building my own, um, clothes in, in high school and stuff with becoming a seamstress. Um, and so for me, it was, you know, always about like creating something, building something. If you can dream it, you can do it. And, um, my, my parents never treated me differently than my brother. So I was always like tinkering in the garage with my dad, building motorcycles growing up. So he has 10 in the garage currently. He's a motocross racer and my hero in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, just learning from his work ethic and the fact that, you know, he would teach me, you know, how to build, right? So when, once I went out and got my first career as a toy inventor, that really served me on the, on the lathe, the mill, the vac form, right? Building things um, by hand. Um, and prior to that, so I hadn't ever been, so the, the biggest city I ever went to growing up was Chicago. And it was like this fairy tale. I'm actually back here now um, after being away for a decade in London and New York. Um, but, you know, Chicago still has that, that fairy tale-esque-ness um, to it, you know, in terms of like what, what people can achieve with that kind of hard work ethic, right? So you'll hear my son in the background right now. <laughs> He's homesick today, but, you Perfect. know, anyway. But yeah, I, I just love and I And I know you have this as well, Julie, but like um, the salt of the earth vibes, right? Of um, 
have just that hard work ethic that you kind of do get from growing up in the Midwest. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, and I thought, okay, Chicago is an absolute dream. Like, could I live there someday? Right. And so for I went to university in Chicago and then wound up uh, doing a backpacking tour of Europe as you do right after graduation, um, where I hadn't really traveled at all. Right. Prior to that, I'd never been out um, of the country until I went to university and did a cultural lingual exchange program in China, but I made up for it now at over 60 countries later. Right. <laughs> but um, Like just, just exposed me to like the world and opened my eyes to all these things. So when I was um, backpacking through Europe, I was literally, I didn't know where I was sleeping the next night. I didn't have a watch or a phone on me even. So it was like by myself, just figuring it out. And I think that just serves you so much at that age in your early twenties, when you're so impressionable, you're figuring it out and you're, um, and then I got back and was like, well, why couldn't I be a toy inventor? Like it, it's what, what wound up happening is it's even better than like Tom Hanks in the movie big, right? It's better than anything I could have ever imagined. And so I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. Um, and big monster toys, um, wound up, took me on. Um, I was the youngest by far and one of the only female inventors they'd, they'd ever had in the company. Um, and my one of my dearest mentors to this day, actually, I've had great mentors throughout my whole career that the only reason I'm here, I always say that I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. Um, and one of them, I'll just weave in here right now. Um, his name's Ro. He's a partner at BMT. And he kind of, you know, treated me as an equal immediately when I came on, um, taught me, you know, anything that I needed to know on the building front. This is before we got a CNC machine, so I was still doing it all by hand. So I would build over a hundred different uh, products and actually only a few of those make it to market. So one of the great learnings that I I had during that time and kind of quotes that I sort of live by is approaching each idea with the same enthusiasm, right? Because you never know. It's like, this is the one it's going to be. That's the one, right? <laughs> it's like, Julie, that energy we have, obviously that serves us as well. Right. But, um, but you know, it's, 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 it's like that, that mindset of almost like the fairy tale again, right? Like this idea that you could dream something and you could like make it into reality. Like that alone is like so satisfying um, as well. And so I definitely learned how to, um, be within like a startup within that environment because you're building everything. So not just like the, um, the model of the toy, but I would do the commercial for the toy. I would do the naming of it. I would be the little girl playing with the toy in the commercial that we're selling to the head of Mattel Barbie or, you know, Hasbro games. Um, and really? So you had that, to pretend yes. a little girl? <laughs> yes, I got to be the little girl. I'm like, acting like, you I'm have like, a friend or was it just you by yourself? I know. Sometimes we would do it with actual children, but in lieu of that, we would just like do our own. And um, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was so much fun though. It really was like to get to play every day. You know, that's why work has always just felt like play to me. And even in my companies that I'd founded, but um yeah, but what I learned, though, so early on was like, you come up with all these ideas, only a few make it to market, like, that's truly like, you know, kind of, it, it, it's different, because it's in the physical uh, way, whereas like, I went digital later, but um, really how to fail fast, right, really how to like, get back up on the horse, like do it all over again, try, try and, you know, keep trying. Um, and I think that persistence and that kind of resilience is sort of what took me to that next phase in my journey where um, my partner's from Europe originally, and we knew we wanted to live out there. I'd met him in Chicago, um, and this was back when London still was Europe. Um, I had read about a guy who is another dear mentor of mine. So each of my each steps of my career journey is based around my mentors. <laughs> so that's so, why this this, uh, this so podcast Betsy, makes total sense. <laughs> uh, if I can, bef before we uh, go past uh, the, the game creation, which yeah. you know, uh, sounds so great, can you talk a little bit more about Roe and? Maybe, you know, how that relationship evolved. How did you first meet uh, Roe? Yes. 
you know, how did you start realizing that this person had your back and this person cared about you? Can you just go into that a little bit more? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, like Roe and the rest of the partners at BMT had a vested interest in my success because they had hired me to be an inventor and make lots of money right, for the company and, and, you know, off the royalties. And so, you know, each of each inventor had a partner that they worked closely with and um, Ro and I and instantly, and, and the, the film is out now, I'm hopefully going to get to see it with my dad uh, in a couple of weeks, but instantly bonded over our favorite film being Dune. Um, and so he already had that going for us. And just like, so for me, being a toy inventor made total sense um, because I always felt like the rebel or the, the weirdo, the one that was like kind of the, like I wasn't doing the things that like normal girls were doing like growing up. Um, and so Toya mentioned, like, it made me feel like I was at home, right? Like I was accepted, like all these things, like I knew how to do and I, and I could build like those were actually like rewarded or seen as like something that was really valuable. And so, you know, Ro, when he, so, so the way that it worked in, in um, the firm was you came up with um, like, sometimes it was over a hundred ideas for one concept, right? And then you'd bring it to the partner that you work with and then you whittle it down together to five ideas then one idea right but like what would happen during that process is it's always making the idea better right and of course because he sold the most toys out of any partner there in, in terms of you know um uh, his contributions and like one of them was Polly pocket creating the the stretchy clothing um for her and and so really game changers to the company it was like i couldn't have chosen anyone better to kind of learn from and how to build this and, and to create these things and like if it had been done before or um you know really tapping into like what the mindset of a child right like what is that magic that they're hoping to experience because ultimately you create like five different features and then that becomes like when, when it becomes on the shelf it's like oh mattel could only afford two of those features right is that thing you're like okay which ones are magic you know and and so it was really just like untangling the magic um with him in these meetings and we would pull in other inventors as well um but he he took that vested interest to like he, he took the time so he's an incredibly patient person so he took the time to like help me build these things you know stuff that i didn't know yet right i was fresh out of uni didn't didn't exactly know you know everything of course or even close um and he was able to um you know really just help me along and then also bring me into that state of play so one of the things that we always did was bring a bunch of the inventors around and play games and then that would spur some of the, the most amazing ideas right we'd come out of that and we would do game nights and um you know but but i think i think what makes an amazing mentor is that they view you as a peer like they treat you with respect right and so like that's something that definitely roe did from day one and has been an inspiration to me in, in so many ways right and in, in, in what he's built along his career in the toy industry for sure i i love it i love that saying i tr try to like you know uh tap into the magic or unlock the magic did yes. did, did roe have a certain like phrase or two that he specifically said over and over that you still think in your head so yeah that's that's an interesting one because it's been so many years ago now. <laughs> I think it's been like maybe 15 years since I've yeah, been at BMT, but, and, and we're still friends to this day. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the ones I'd already said was like approaching each idea with that, each new idea with that same enthusiasm, right. It was like a big learning that came out of that time in my life. And then I think it was just this idea that, um, if it's not this one, it'll be the next one. Right. So similarly, that, similar, you know, yeah, that, that excitement thinking, to right. Yeah. It's like that, like it, like we will get there, we're going to make it what happen. And it's like that magic will like carry us like through. And so I definitely feel that part of it, you know, Roe is very methodical. And so I think like, um, the analytical side of it too, around just like, um, you know, 
coming up with like the actual design and the way the gears work together and the mechanics of it all like those he never none of those details were ever lost on him and i really admired that and tried to emulate it as well right like to kind of um figure out you know well how like how precise do i need to get on this model right and then like is it for me i always love like running and then like figuring it out as i go which is probably why you know being a founder really suits me <laughs> but with with row it's like no let's like really let's like measure measure you know measure twice cut once basically right like let's really like plan this out let's really like um figure figure out all the mechanics of it you know prior to like going to the lathe like we already have it like mapped right and i think that really taught me yeah a ton about patience which i definitely am still learning you know and, and with my son as well um now but uh but yeah i i yeah I, i'm grateful to row for so many things but i think i think most of all believing in me you know i think that's like the number one thing a, a mentor could could ever do um for someone and you know especially that early in your career is like is is you know seeing like your potential and and really believing in you my gosh there's so but i love this so much and i love rose advice about continuing to just keep at it and this might be the next one because something one of the reasons why jimmy and i created this platform is because we found that people who need mentors, young, we call them mentee believers, have a hard time finding them. And they'll maybe ask one person, they'll be like, oh, they didn't want to do it, or they didn't want to, or it didn't work out. And then that's it. And so the idea that you have to actually keep showing up for these relationships, you have to keep showing up for these conversations. Yes. You have to, if this one person isn't quite the right person, try somebody else, ask them if they know somebody else. Is there is there another person who has that availability? So I think you've, Ro, you know, not only gave you great advice on, uh, from a toy invention standpoint, but it's also great advice for our audience in terms of getting out there and finding a mentor. Sometimes it just takes longer and you have to keep being hopeful each time you have those conversations. So that exactly. is awesome advice. And I, uh, so I love hearing also how he believed in you. And that's another thing we talk about a lot because we're also trying to give advice for mentors and how do they yes. approach this relationship as well? Because we just feel there isn't really a great shared language around it. So that's mm -hmm. kind of like key number one for being a mentor is really believing in, uh, we call it mentor guides, is really believing in, um, believing in your mentee and 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 helping support them so it sounds like Absolutely. he had some good good advice okay next chapter i still want to hear you, you said Ro has been uh your longest you know mentor it's been 15 years mm -hmm. when you left the toy uh, invention company how did you and row stay in touch like what was that mm -hmm. process and then you know how did i assume there was still a lot of energy transfer and he was so excited about what you're working on next, but like, yes. you know, he probably wasn't saying, uh, next time we talk, I'd love to hear a hundred ideas. We'll get down to five. Right. <laughs> we'll get that down to five. Yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely brought the idea from my first company to row. Um, and I think over the years, you know, social media and everything, we, we just stayed, you know, close friends. Um, we actually just lived down the road from each other here now, um, as well, like now that I've moved back, but, um, I think, you know, it, it is that that's one of the most beautiful things about, you know, the, the folks that I mentor as well is like, you do wind up becoming like just really dear friends right throughout the process and stuff. But um, to know that I always had that sounding board of literally one of the best minds, probably, you know, definitely in the business, probably in the world in terms of like critiquing um, and really critically thinking about consumer product ideas um, that I had, like his ear was just like phenomenal. So I would I would bring these new ideas to him. Right. Um, that I'd had for startups, you know, and obviously had 
had went on to found a couple of those. But um, I think like during those years when I went off to London, we probably lost touch a little bit more, right? Which was the next uh, phase in my journey. Um, but it's all full circle. And I, and I, yeah, it, it, it's, you know, I often think about this and like what with what we do on the day to day in our lives, it's like, who, what are you going to remember on your deathbed? Right. And for me, it's absolutely the people that, you know, I, I was able to touch along the way that touched my life and heart. Right. Um, and so it's like, it, it is about, it is about that. And, and, and I carry those relationships with me and, and hold them very dear. So definitely we're still friends to this day. And like, I still, you know, riff, riff with him on ideas as well. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Do you have another, would anybody else, another mentor that you would say, you know, that you continue to stay in touch with or? All, all my mentors, honestly. Yeah. So, but they have been related to business for the most part. Um, other than of course my, my mom and dad, right. Which I hold in like the highest esteem and regard and I'm very close to my family. Um, and you know, they've guided me throughout yeah, all my life. The only reason I'm here today. Um, but I would say that in my next, uh, the next leg of my journey, right. Founding, um, his name is Mike Lechman Smith. So the founder of Calm, the meditation app, I found helped um, build his last company that he'd found founded in London called Mind Candy. Um, and that he's a serial entrepreneur as well. So that was already like his second, third company um, at that time. Uh, and, and, and the reason that I went out there to London even, um, well, my, I mentioned that my husband, and I wanted to, to move out. Uh, it was because I, I'd seen him like, just like give a, give a talk. Um, it was online even. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy, I mean, he's, I was like, he, at the time I thought he's the next Branson, like he could, anything that he's selling, like people are going to like buy, like he's such a visionary, you know? Um, and he was building um, a kid's digital brand in the UK. And this was also really different for me, right? Because I came from like the consumer product, physical product side of things. And as an industrial designer as well. Um, and so when I went out, um, I walked in the door uh, five times to our old, old offices in Battersea. And I actually, the front of house and I became friends in the end. And she told me like, you know, um, we don't really do that here. Like it's very American to kind of do this, you know? Um, and, and, but what happened was like the fifth time I had my massive like portfolio in hand. I never had an appointment with him even, right? I'm just asking to like meet with Michael. And so it's massive portfolio in hand with these foam core mock-ups I had done of his little characters to show him I could build that digital world into a physical franchise um and so what, what happened was on the fifth time i think he felt a bit bad for me he's like okay let her in and then we chatted for over two hours he hired me on the spot i led all of product there we grew the company to over 300 people over 100 million registered users online um we became number one toy brand in all of uk for three years on so even beat star wars and lego actually it was all of europe at that point yeah um and and so it was such a thrilling ride and obviously as a startup right that we had then scaled um and so he, his belief in me i mean still to this day right like and, and right before the pandemic um, in San Francisco, I was able to, it was the last trip I did. Um, and I was able to see him and, and his daughter who um, enjoys tiny now too. Um, but with my company that I'd founded um, out of Mind Candy, actually, I did a hackathon one weekend um, and it was the first Fitbit for dogs. So that was my previous company I founded about eight years ago or nine years ago now. Um, and, uh, and, and that was, you know, I brought it to Michael first. I said like, hey, what do you think of this? Um, you know, I built it for my dog who was overweight and there was no, there was no Fitbit for dogs at the time um, on the market. And so really kind of got, you know, obviously he, he, he had a vested interest and stuff too, like ensuring like that, um, you know, he kind of helped me along because I, I told him like that he was such an inspiration as a sole founder, right. That made me believe that I could maybe do it too. And seeing him through that journey. Um, so definitely like it was, you know, in, 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 in my mind, every, every time I've had that, um, 
yeah, bit like career change or move. I've always like had that sort of mentor. And I think you can find, you know, they already have that vested interest, right? They want you to succeed. They want their company to succeed. Um, but, but you can find like, if you, if you're willing to just like, so I actually did a podcast recently where I mentioned, um, this, but, and I hadn't thought about it in a lot of years, but I was so obsessed with our brand and what we'd built at Mashi Monsters that for London fashion week, I actually sewed together this like couture, um, red dress with over 200 stuffed moshling characters that I I hand stitched on it with a union jack lining and we hired a model and it was out there like in like literally all the magazines like we're covering it and stuff and then I had it like walk the runway like back in the states as well um but this was literally just like a fun side project that I was doing on the nights and weekends because I was so obsessed with our brand and so I think that's part of it right it's like if you can get if you can get folks like to believe like to that extent, right? And then like, and then and then you you believe so much too, right? Like that's what I always feel with all of my mentor-mentee relationships. It's like, I feel like, oh my goodness, I'm getting the good end of this stick. Like I'm getting the most value here, right? Like out of this, like this is like, you know, even when I mentor someone, it's like, it's just so inspiring, right? Like all, all the belief that comes out of it from both sides. Well, so, so Betsy, I'm just like on fire hearing you talk about all these different ideas. Like I just like, feel like I need to go like try to create something, get some energy uh, out of me. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm curious to know a little about how when you're starting to work with whether it was Roe or Michael, you started to feel that it wasn't just like a manager to an employee relationship and that it started to become more that like they cared about you and your success beyond just like, hey, this is your roles and responsibility. And also right. how you were then able to connect with these individuals who might have, you know, not grown up playing in a ravine, you know, in the middle of the Midwest, you know, building their own forts. You know, I know there, there, there was no lathe in my, in my garage growing up. So I, you know, I'm just kind of curious, like how, how you're able to begin those connections and start you know, kind of having that, like, oh yeah, they do care about me. I can start to reciprocate and share a little more of myself when we might come from different backgrounds. I love that question, Jimmy. It's so true. Like, I think with anything in life, um, including investors and even my board now with, with my current company, you know, people are people. And I, I, I do believe in just a genuine like um, respect and friendship, you know, um, will carry you through. And so in what I in my own experience, it's always been very natural the way that it's um, come about where, you know, um, you'll, you'll, you'll start like messaging with someone, right? Like, like, um, so I think the way it worked with Michael is like, well, we were a startup, right? So there were still only a few of us when we first started. Um, but you know, it was, it was kind of like, oh, well, we're everything we're doing. Like I wasn't a mom yet at the time. So everything I was doing like nights and weekends, it was all mind candy, right? It was all stuff for watching monsters. So then, you know, you're, you're instantly sort of like intertwined in that, in that world. And I, and I feel, um, yeah, I feel that over the years, like you do gain that rapport anyway, right? In terms of um, just a the connection there. But I I think it's also just speaks volumes of the mentors themselves because they um, they really, both um, both Roe and Michael, but in my experience at Mind Candy, Michael is probably one of the most generous people that I've ever known. And I was even just listening to him on a podcast the other day and the, um, the interviewer said the same thing. He's known him for years and he's just such, such a generous soul. And so I think it was more of like the fact that, and this is something good for, for mentors to hear too, is we should all be mentors as, as well as mentees is like, you know, if you're willing to like 
give give more right of and then like see if people can run with that right like are they leaning into you know to this relationship and like and wanting it to like um grow and so i just think it, it it's from both sides really and there isn't uh one kind of way it's sort of a nuanced thing you know it's like um you know like my my co-founder and i always talk about this it's like it's a marriage you know it's like when you find someone that like it, it like sparks that like joy and that magic um and i think uh yeah I, I think i think there is a bit of that to it as well one of the things actually um both jimmy and i our mentors are both named pete which is very funny but one of the things that jimmy's uh pete said was you know with people like you two it's easy right so we both seek out people uh Jimmy and myself, and obviously Betsy being obviously part of our tribe, is yeah. you're just you're like, oh, I have to, I want to talk to this person. I will. Jimmy also showed up, you know, cold knocking on doors, which I think is impressive. Um, and just yeah. like, no, no, we're gonna no, we're gonna do this. Like, I will wait here until this happens, and just keep showing up, right? You just keep showing <laughs> yeah. up. So, I love that reminder too for people. It doesn't come quite as easy, and they aren't necessarily you know have that same kind of founder mindset, and they aren't necessarily as confident, and ways you know ways that they can do that. So maybe that is just like a LinkedIn email or maybe that is, you know, coming to say hello at the end of a conference versus, you know, kind of boldly yeah. showing up, but a good reminder that, you know, that, that it, it is a match and that mentees also do have to bring, uh, bring, you know, interest and um, opportunities to the table and then for the mentor to, you know, be patient and continue to have those conversations. So, wow, I love that story. I also love um, your coach because that's so fabulous because that reminds me of what uh, your other mentor said is just keep trying different things and see what happens. It could have been huge. That could have been the whole next, you know, business model of coats with, with hanging off. Um, I would love to hear a little bit about anybody that you mentor, any of your experiences mm -hmm. as a mentor and how that's gone and, and anything that you'd like to share around that. Absolutely. And I still have more men mentors. In okay, my cool. We got, time. We got time. <laughs> but you know, something you just said, Julie, really uh, made me remember way, way back. Right. So when I was, um, when I, even when I was at Mind Candy, you know, I wasn't the one out there doing the fundraise as the founder. Right. I, I was seeing Michael do those things, but I went to a conference. Um, and I want to say, yeah, I want to say it was when I was back in New York, but, um, there was a guy speaking there, Jeff Kenny Pulver, and I tweeted him. I, I tweeted how cool it was that I was hearing what he had to say. Never met him before in my life. It was this massive conference and, and all of that. I didn't, I don't have like a, a great, you know, Twitter following or anything like that. And so um, even just that, right? Like he uh, messaged me back and then I wound up through him being invited to another uh, tech conference um, where I found my chairman of the board for my previous company and it was a mutual friend of his. So it's like, you never know if you're just like genuinely being your authentic, authentic self, right? Like at a conference like this, where you're like, I, I said something like, oh, this like really struck a chord or so inspiring basically and tweeted him. Um, and then, and then that's when the conversation started. Right. But it was totally cold. Like you had no idea who I was, I didn't come from, you know, whatever. And so I think like you, you can't um, bypass that. Right. And, and with where it can take you in life. Cause then obviously that just, everything builds on itself, you know? Um, so that's been brilliant. Yeah. But another mentor I'd love to mention that came in when I had found in my last company. So yeah, I guess 
a decade ago now, um, and she's still a dear mentor um, advisor, and she was even an investor as well, um, uh, Christiana Falcone. Um, she was the in introduction uh, to Tufts, which was the whole building of our brand at Tiny, um, as you all know, where I had met you through, um, that, you know, her and Dariush, um, so she's actually on the board of Tufts as well, um, and they'd been friends for years, and, and, and I'm actually speaking to Dari right after this, but, um, and, and that relationship, you know, it made it where we had the nutritional science backing to go at this from a 100 flavor profile approach. I had no concept that she was on the board of Tufts. I didn't, I didn't even realize that when we we were building Wonder Wolf together. I knew she was on the board of World Economic Forum, Viacom, Revlon. And you know, you know how I met her actually as well. It was also at a conference. So it was something very much like we, we had a, a mutual connection, but it was very much like, um, and, and of course this was pre-pandemic, right? So it's a little different, but <laughs> it was like- I, hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And got to know one another more. And then wound, wound up that we were at like some of the same, you know, conferences and trips after that and just became just good friends. You know, I think that's what, what so much of it is, right? But I, I view her as just like this total inspiration in my life um, in, in terms of everything that she's done from a um, from an impact perspective, right? And, and um, it's all around ESG and sustainability for her, you know, everything that she's like propelled in her career and life, like, um, yeah, just reflects like what I what I'm hoping to to achieve in that way. And so I think when you can look for a mentor that um, kind of has has done that and like brought like goodness about in a way that you're seeking to do, because I had I wasn't from the food industry at all. I, I built, you know, toys and then dog electronics and now it's food, right? So it's like, you have to have mentors because otherwise you can't, you know, you can't do it. And so I think that's so much of this, um, you know, and, and, and just her like openness to kind of, um, you know, it just speaks volumes to like who, who she is, but like to, to kind of help, help me along. Like we actually just got to see each other in London a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, she's just one of my dearest friends in the world now, you know, and I think that's what comes out of these things too, is it, and that was over a, a decade coming, right? So it's like, it just, it takes time, like any great relationship, right? It takes time. But if you start now and kind of put yourself out there and just to say like, because when she met me, I was just this young, scrappy, you know, startup founder at a, a very recent startup founder, right? Like at an event um, and, and, you know, and it just went from there. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely believe in that um, sort of like putting yourself out there and then allowing that magic to kind of take hold. Well, it sounds to me like, I mean, something that's coming up for me as you're talking, it sounds like you're approaching these conversations with a lot of vulnerability, right? Between yes. having advisors for your board, coming up and saying, I have not, I've never been in the food industry before. Like, can you help me? And that is huge as well. That's another big part of what we talk about. Um, you know, yeah. mentees, if you, if you uh, go to be somebody's mentor and they're like, actually, I got it. Like, I know exactly how to do everything. You're like, okay, well, I guess I'm not that helpful. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like, right. you know, I don't know if you can speak to that at all. Or does that, does that sound accurate? Yeah, absolutely. That's it, Julie. I think like any time in life, right. If you're like, I've always noticed that in my, in my life and heart, like whenever you make yourself more vulnerable, even when it's like uncomfortable, like it, it does really serve you. And it's like becomes this thing that's like, um, it, it's what it's that connection, right, that you're able to make with with people, um, because you realize that actually, we're all going through something, right, like some some kind of struggle. Um, and I think it's that, like, hu hu humanity of it all, right, like that authenticity. Um, I believe that's the only brands that that will survive, actually, um, you know, in, in this next generation are the ones that have that authentic voice that really are, um, talking openly about those struggles that they're looking to solve, right? So I think 
the, the best advice I could probably ever give to attract a mentor that you're that you're wanting or is on your wish list is just to live your authentic self and trying to accomplish whatever it is that you're putting your mind and heart towards, right? Because that that attracts that just attracts folks and they want to elevate you, right? And I think like um, any any time I'm looking at you know mentees that that have come to me or just I've you know been able to coach through my network um, or even the boards that I serve on, it's like I it's absolutely that where it's this um, person, they're not necessarily the type A or the founder, you know, or, but they're, but they're, they've got, they've got such a passion. They've got such a, yeah, it's, you you know what I mean, but it's like this authentic voice and perspective of, for what that problem that they're trying to solve. Right. Um, And I think that that's the number one advice I could ever give is that just pour your whole heart and self into whatever problem you're trying to solve in life um, and whatever you're doing and, and let that resonate with folks. What a motivating discussion to wrap up our principal series. I don't know about you, but I loved how Betsy said, find your pokeball mentality. Truly, what do you have to lose? And another theme Betsy reinforced was authenticity, which echoed throughout all of our principles in that you need to be true to yourself when forming a new relationship. Our next episode, we'll be back with a full wrap up of all the Augmenters eight principles. This debrief will sail you through our mentoring journey. And after our walkthrough, get ready for series two of Augmenters. If you want to help Julie and Jimmy in our mentoring journey, then please subscribe because we all should ask for help. Thank you to our producer, Erica Samus.